Hello and welcome. Thanks very much for listening. I spray my mental health podcast, episode number 27 with myself, David O'Connor. If you'd like to get in touch, you can get me on social media, on Instagram at performance underscore doc doc. If you've any messages, any comments, feedback or suggestions as to what I should cover on the podcast, please do get in touch. Our messages are greatly appreciated and helps bring the podcast on, helps develop and helps open up and maintain a solid conversation around mental health, personal development and all things that are inspiring to to myself and to others. So I have a lovely one today. I'm going to go back to my toast to creativity. And this week I'm looking at a book that I read recently called Battle Scars, written by former SAS soldier Jason Fox. If you're not aware, Jason Fox, he works, a TV personality, and works on a Channel 4 reality TV show called SAS Who Dares Wins, along with a couple of other former soldiers who have quite big profile across the UK. So Aunt Middleton would be probably the most most recognisable of the four who host the show. And I only picked up on this a couple of months ago. I'd never heard about it. I kind of found out about it by accident. I came across an interview with Aunt Middleton and was quite impressed with how he spoke, uh, the manner in which he spoke, the focus and the confidence he had in in terms of his own progression, his own his own life and where he's taken it since he stepped away and retired from his life as a soldier in the SAS. So this led me on to his colleague Jason Fox who released a book as I said called Battle Scars which is described as a story of war and all that follows. So to look at SAS Who Dares Wins, a reality TV show, when I found that after the interview and I looked into it a bit more, it's available on the Channel 4 player. I didn't realise how big it was, I thought it was it was quite small scale, but looking at it and following the different uh, you know, the different people that featured on the programme and I found them on social media, massive followings, big profiles, a lot of them involved in, you know, ambassador roles with different charities and different products and different areas of influence, um, all because they appeared on this show. So there were four series and I ended up blitzing through the whole lot of them over the last couple of months. Really enjoyed it. I've never been big on reality TV and even when it sort of came to prominence when I was maybe 16, 17, when Big Brother came out, I, I just never bought into it. it. It bored me, to be honest. I the curiosity at the time and obviously a lot of friends were watching it I, I sat a couple of nights watching it with me mom in the sitting room and i just didn't get it i was like there's a camera looking at some bloke sleeping for six hours and walking around the house it just wasn't for me so i've um no it just it's not something i've ever really bought into um my appreciation for it i suppose when something like i'm a celebrity first came out I think people enjoyed it because we got to see celebrity figures in somewhat vulnerable positions where, you know, we often oftentimes put celebrity figures on this pedestal that are kind of above everybody when, look, they're not. They're just people. <laughs> they just earn a lot of money and have a bigger profile than, than most of us. They're a bit more recognisable. Um, but I think when that initially came out and we saw, you know, some footballer, some actor, some news presenter 
or otherwise lying in a coffin full of rats with a snake wrapped around their leg as they ate kangaroo balls you kind of felt like you know ha, there's the real world for you in some capacity but i think even that has lost its it's lost its way a little bit i think it's just it's not even the last couple of years from what i've seen and read it seems to be just more about they're tapping into the conversations that they're having with each other and is there any drama is there any past trauma there that's going to come up is that seems to be more the focus in terms of how that's gone so again it's just not really i've, I've nothing against it you look at ant and deck they're brilliant i think we all love them you can't stereotype a fan of ant and deck they've been brilliant over the years but again just that type of show it, it, not doesn't appeal to me too much but with SAS Who Dares Wins, for me, if a reality TV show is to be successful, you have to put people in a situation where they actually have to do something. So with this particular program, it's basically a mock-up of a selection process for the SAS, which in the real world is you know, a 10-11 week process, which as you can imagine, is complete and utter torture, both mentally and physically. And I've read up and a couple of different bits and pieces as to what they train on and uh yeah it sounds horrendous <laughs> it sounds actually it sounds fantastic i'd love to give it a go just to say yeah i i gave it a go and i think when you step up from army level up to special forces i i think the you know the success rate of the applicants is quite low so it's very much the best of the best and on the tv show they put together a really nice package um that's you do you're looking at it saying oh geez i'd love to give that a go so the the recent series that came out this year they were they were up in the mount i think it was in the andes somewhere it was a mix of lads and girls it's the first time they've let girls in and they were up the, high in the mountains in the snow freezing cold and just deprived and denied of all the comforts that you'd be accustomed to in your everyday life and it was a great watch really enjoyed it i worked my way backwards over the couple of series and you know, there's characters that you sort of come to like, you sort of hope they do well, taste them to the end, through all these different challenges, phys- again, physically and mentally, really, really tough. And then it gets to a stage where they're put into, it's like they're isolated in this room with a bag over their head and goggles, and they have earphones with blaring, mu- not blaring heavy rock music, and um, babies crying, chainsaws, and it's just this interrogation process that goes on for 48 hours. And even watching it, you're like, oh my God. It's like I can't even stand my own child screaming. Never mind the massive headphones and 48 hours of a group of kids screaming into your ears. So it's, uh, it's an entertaining watch and... Yeah, maybe me. I, I couldn't stop there. I looked into it and just so happened when I finished watching all the series, the applications were open for next week or for next year's series. And I said, oh, you know what, I'm going to throw in an application for this. I was, I'd love to do this. It'd be great. Um, quietly, I was like, this mightn't go down too well at home. And it's, uh, yeah, you know, nappies and babies and kids at home. It's like, I'm just nipping off for 10 days for an interrogation process and the Andes might not go down too well. But... I filled out the application and my, oh my word, I would say an application process for a mortgage would be less detailed. Um, they open up every crevice of your mind and they go deep and really enjoyed it. And even to put this little video together then to put your application in. But again, as I, 
had learned it's it's absolutely massive in England and I'd say they get thousands of applications so uh yeah it didn't hear letting back so uh nothing ventured nothing gained but uh one of the most impress- impressive aspects of this program is what's called the DS, the directing staff. So I mentioned Ant, Ant Middleton there. He's kind of the, the host and he'd be the main TV personality. And the other people involved is a chap called uh, Matthew Allerton, who again, another former SAS soldier. And there's another guy who, Billy Birmingham, Billingham, I think is his name. And he is terrifying. He is terrifying, this guy. If you had to pick a fella to walk with on this show, he's the guy you'd avoid. He's absolutely terrifying. And um, Jason Fox is the other guy who is uh, rugged and handsome. And you can tell by him the way he's talking to the contestants and they pull them in sort of for this one-to-one chat to figure out why they're there and what's going on. And you can tell by this guy, like he has compassion, he has understanding. And right from the off, you kind of knew there's something more to this guy. So transpires, then he he opens up a bit more to the, the interview process on the show, and I researched him a bit more. He had a, he had a book coming out then, and it was all about just how he was suffering with his mental health when he struggled to really just adapt from being a soldier to going back to civil, you know, to being a civilian, <clears throat> and he was discharged from the special forces with. Uh, PTSD and he hid this he hid this from all his colleagues what he called his brotherhood now you could imagine this setting um, you know this alpha male environment where it's toughest of the tough be a real man you're in the army you're going to fight in war uh, incredibly intimidating and you know I'm sure you can picture that scene and for a guy to be struggling within himself emotionally you're probably going back 10 or so years so bear that in mind where you know, dialogue, open dialogue and discussion about your own mental health or someone else's was probably not as prominent and particularly in a military setting. So he has sort of built up his profile around this, around dispelling, you know, the, the stereotype, the myth that big strong men with muscles are not tough guys, that they have feelings too and that there's no boundaries when it comes to being affected with poor mental health or mental illness. It can happen to anyone. And in his book, he describes this in wonderful detail. He goes back to he goes back to his childhood. He brings you right up and how this is how what he always wanted to do. He joined the army young, got into the SAS. And the opening segment of the book is really interesting. He's describing one of the one of the battle scenes from As- Afghanistan when you know the, the chopper is pulling up and him and his crew are jumping out and there's just bullets flying everywhere sand it's he's his goggles on because he can't see what's going on and he's bailing behind this sand dune protecting himself firing shots um just pandemonium chaos and he hears over the radio that there's you know KIA man down someone killed and he said, in that moment, he says, among, amidst this chaos, he said, he just had this, he's like, I just want to be at home in my mother's arms. Like, he said, he just wanted to be with his mother. And he said, like, what, what a thought to have in the middle of a battle, in the middle of a war. <clears throat> and he said, this was kind of a turning point from him, for him. And this is when he began to struggle. And he bottled everything up. As it got worse and worse, he bottled everything up and... He considered maybe going to a counsellor within within the the setup within the um, 
the special forces organization I keep calling them special forces i'm sure that's not the name of the organization the royal marines special forces when in the marines he wanted to go and see could i go and see a counselor then he got to fear them well now they may go back to the bosses and i'll be seen as weak and it was back and forth and back and forth and it swallowed him up it just completely swallowed him up and eventually when he did go he was uh, he was put on leave and he told his brotherhood as he described it that it was due to damaged eardrums that he, he couldn't go back on you know the next tour that was coming up and that was quite common with soldiers obviously from the gunfire and the noises and everything else the, the damaged eardrums is something that's quite common and he, he used that as his, his step away as his excuse not to go back and continue to bottle this up it had him up so much as you can imagine stepping back into civilian life like his relationship struggled he speaks about the relationship with alcohol and just how he was just on this self-destructive part ended up at the cliffs and down in devon and all he could think about was suicide so it brought him that far that suicide seemed to be the the only way out so in terms of coming you know he comes to terms that he, he brings it on there he talks about a decision to go and see a psychologist and a, a counselor and he gives beautiful detail of the conversation that he has with his with his counselor and a psychologist and this went on and on for he was obviously seeing this this lady for for quite some time and the sessions they had were they took place in a forest by the river and the counselor kind of describes look where you're this is where you are you're stuck in the woods in your mind and you've just got to find a way out and he just talks about really openly about the different treatments and therapies that he tried just to settle things down in his mind and to stop living in the past um, and just to be who he is and to move on because not being a soldier he felt was just a, an identity crisis for him he didn't know who he was so he talks about CBT, cognitive behaviour therapy. I've spoke about that briefly on the podcast before. Just turning your, you know, turning your thoughts in your favour almost, labelling your thoughts, dispelling, how would you say, I suppose, you know, are your thoughts your reality or is it just your perception of what these thoughts are? So he went through a process of CBT. He says he still uses it and it helps keep him calm. He also undertook a therapy called EMDR which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing so this is an unusual one you wouldn't hear too much about this as a therapy when it comes particularly these days but what it is it's basically the the therapist will, will the therapist will sort of call on you to recall stressful and distressful situations and images in your mind from your past and with the use of rhythmic eye movement they'll use this to the cull the power of of an emotionally charged memory from your past something that's traumatic i don't know much about it but that's the basis of it so he speaks about that and he just speaks about finding a new direction he said he initially goes into this corporate sales job absolutely hated it which i can imagine you know going from the life as a soldier and the intensity the demands the pressure of of being on the battlefield to you know retail and corporate sales it's a bit like going from a photograph to his negative so it just wasn't for him but through his therapy through his work with a counselor and his uh his psychologist he, he finds direction re- redirects his energy through challenge and he's gone on to you know he's gone on he's rode the atlantic he's 
trekked across the North Pole. He's he recently did a race across Alaska. He does a lot of charity work and he has set up along with a colleague a charity called Rock to Recovery, which is for former soldiers, former SAS members, to help them deal with PTSD or different mental mental health difficulties. And that's where he's putting his energy, focusing his energy, putting it back into a system he understands. He's he's putting it back into his experience to help somebody else. Um, really inspiring story. He there's a section near the end he gets a psychologist to actually write a segment in the book and it's her perspective of their interaction of what she saw how she saw him progress and how she broke away from him and kind of forced him to break away from her to go and find his own path so really interesting story i really took a lot from it and he's gone on he found his path i suppose as a tv personality he as well as the sas uh, who dares wins he did a documentary with Channel 4, it was narco, real narcos, he's down in South America and it's, it, it's heavy stuff, he goes into the drug dealing to go on in South America, Colombia explores, he's talking to these, you know, these serious fellas involved, you know, heavy, very heavily involved with uh, with drug cartels and I think he speaks about it in the book, he says it was a big insurance bill on his head and going to... Uh, going to film this so he's kind of finding his path in that direction he's you know he's appeared on this morning he's appeared on different shows in england he's on all sorts of radio shows just talking about mental health and male mental health and really encouraging people to be open about it and particularly again he highlights where he's from as i said that that alpha male setting muscles big strong men in the army and really pushes the angle that there's no boundaries when it comes to looking after yourself and your own mental health and i took a lot from it at the end of the book he just gives a little bit of advice of what to do how to look after yourself about talking opening up listening refocusing and keeping those who are important to you and those that you love and those that are listening to you keeping them close so a lovely book battle scars jason fox a story of war and all that follows I'd highly recommend it. I'll, if I can, I might put a link if you're looking to buy it. Maybe you'll get it on Audible or Amazon. I'll put a link up in the description of this podcast and on my Instagram post sharing the episode. If you've read it, let me know your thoughts on it. Did you enjoy it? Did you take something from it? It'd be great to hear back. Uh, and otherwise, if you're interested, as I said, you'd probably pick it up on Audible for a tenner. You'll pick it up on Amazon. You may pick it up in Eason's and that. I'm not too sure. I haven't seen it in shops. I actually bought this one online. But really inspiring story. I I always take inspiration from books. Books for me are, are fantastic. And I spoke about that before. It's, uh, it's, it's a big ambition of mine is to write a book. And I've tried on many occasions, and I'll get there. It is a big focus for me. I want to write a book, but something that, something that gives people energy, something that does inspire people, and is more about is more about giving people energy than about myself. That would be my my ambition when it comes to writing, when it comes to to books. But lovely one, this. I read this very quickly, and it inspired me. Then I ended up reading. Rand Middleton has a book out, Force Man In. I ended up reading that. He was quite honest about his own experiences. And the other guy, uh, Matthew Allerton, he had a book called Breakpoint. And very similar stories, just guys struggling from the intensity of battle and army life to the regular life that we all live. 
so so much out there in terms of book film art music i always say there's so much out there to inspire us that is all for today episode 27 please do get in touch as i said performance underscore doc doc subscribe on spotify follow me itunes leave a comment leave a message share this podcast on your on your own social media whether it's snapchat instagram twitter wherever you're listening wherever you share your content be great to have it shared to encourage open conversations and get more people involved so thanks very much for listening talk to you next week